Last week, we started talking about your identity, and I asked you, who are you right now? And who were you before your loved one died? And are the two different? From the time Monica became sick and I became her caretaker until her death, I questioned who I was many times. But after her death and in my grief, I had no identity. My purpose had been wrapped up in our health quest and her music ministry. It shifted to caretaker when she was sick and then to someone who had no purpose. What made it worse was there was no way to go back to the old me because I was forever changed. Today, I'll share the final two pivotal moments that molded me into who I was to become, and then we'll talk about similar moments in your life to help you rebuild. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and get to the couch. Y'all, we're moving this week, so you're going to have to come into the the next house (laughs) and the same couch though. I want to thank you for being here, for showing up, for showing up for your healing. It's huge. This is you taking a step towards your new future. Even if those words sting right now, you're doing it. Last week, we started talking about your identity and I asked you, who are you right now? Who were you before your loved one died? And are the two different? If you don't exactly know who you are, that's normal and grief makes that worse. Because you might feel like a part of you died with them, so it makes sense that your identity doesn't feel as solid. I'm going to kind of recap from last week for those who were not here um, so that you have some context. And for those of you that were here, then you'll have to hear it again. You probably forgot by now anyway. (laughs) Um, From the time that Monica became sick and I became her caretaker until her death, I questioned who I was many times. But after her death, when I was going through grief, I really had no clue. My purpose had been wrapped up in our health quest and in her music ministry. I had always felt that there was something I was supposed to do, something bigger, I don't know if you've ever had that feeling, bigger than regular life, and after so many years searching, I settled on being part of Monica's ministry. That settling, I saw later on, but in the moment during that time, when we went to churches and people would be so moved from her testimony through song, 
they would come up and thank her and share their struggles. They shared like intimate parts of their lives and seeing how God touched something in all those people was as meaningful to me as anything I had been a part of to that point. So I thought her ministry was the thing I had searched for. After she died, I felt dumped and discarded. Dumped by Monica, I was actually mad at her for dying, and discarded by God. Because I no longer had a purpose. And what it felt like for me at the time was I had no importance. I lost my best friend and roommate of 17 years. My business and ministry partner, my chosen sister, my surrogate mom, and greatest supporter. I lost everything that made sense. The business, the ministry, taking care of her, the fact that she died believing she had been healed. I lost the direction that she provided for my life for almost 20 years. I felt like I lost everything. So if you look at the grief illustration, and if you haven't downloaded it, go to grieftograatday.com and download a free grief illustration so you can kind of move along the path with us. We've touched on the physical effects of grief, and in the last episode, we started on the identity question. Now, if you didn't listen to the last episode, check it out and find out what the first pivotal moment in my life was that was a piece of the puzzle of who I was to become. Today, I'll share two more pivotal moments that molded me into who I was to become, and we'll talk about you using similar moments to do the same, to plant seeds for your future. All right, so the second one was when I had unthinkable thoughts while taking care of Monica. This, this kind of revealed my character to me, and sometimes I don't know that we know our own character until we are put to the test. So I'm going to read an excerpt from my book, Dying to be Healed, about that time. Okay, so this is from the book. Witnessing Monica hurt so badly caused me great pain as well. I didn't experience the physical pain, but I endured the emotional pain of witnessing her journey and being helpless to change anything. It caused me deep frustration and anguish. I would go from mountaintop to valley daily, and though I prayed for healing, I also began to pray for this to end. I know that statement sounds so selfish, but watching Monica cry and writhe in pain was sometimes more than I could handle. She was taking morphine pills around the clock for pain, and she had liquid morphine, which she called happy juice, for when she experienced breakthrough pain before it was time for the next pill. Initially, afraid of doing anything wrong, I was exacting in my measurements of the happy juice. As time went on, however, my desire for perfection waned. One day, while I was preparing some happy juice, I even thought, how awful would it be to give her just a little too much morphine? As I stood there in contemplation, it was as if time stood still. All the pain and the suffering she was going through, it could be over. And she would certainly go to heaven. It would just happen now rather than later. If a loved one is going to die soon anyway, is it really murder? I thought about all the assisted suicide stories that I had heard in the past. And in that instant, 
I understood why somebody would consider doing it. For what seemed like eternity, I stared at the morphine bottle, the prescription, the glass to which I had added apple juice. Nobody would know, including Monica. And even if they did, would they condemn my actions? However, as I got closer to justifying the unimaginable, I concluded, or I was more led to conclude, that a person's time of death is God's decision, not mine. Though I felt a little frustrated about that conclusion, I gave Mo the correct amount with great relief and just a little disappointment. Looking back, I am now so thankful that I didn't further entertain that idea, not just because of the guilt that I would have harbored for the rest of my life, but also because God used each and every moment of Mo's life right up until her last. So that was an excerpt from Dying to be Healed, and it became another piece of the puzzle, because in my mind, I actually did let go of some of the control. Even in the worst of circumstances, when I wanted Monica's pain and suffering to end, and I had the means to do it, I gave control, or surrendered control, to the one who is in control. For you, in your grief process, take inventory of what your beliefs are. What are your values, and what are your standards? And be careful. You need to review these, because when you're going through grief, sometimes the pain kind of takes over some of the standards and you may end up doing things that you really don't want to do. We'll talk more about that later, but it's important because we don't always take time to think about these issues and we just move on to the next thing. Are you going to allow God to have control over your future? Even while you're still confused and angry about what he allowed to happen to your loved one and to you, think about what's in your heart. What were your passions? Would it be okay if your plans were replaced by his plans? Now that's a scary one sometimes, isn't it? Does the idea of his plans make you feel bigger or empowered? Or do you kind of cringe at what that could mean? Are there things that you just keep coming back to over time? If you're a journaler, write these thoughts down. There's no right or wrong answers here, so whatever you come up with, just write it down and come back to it later, because when you revisit it, it's going to provide insight for who you are. The third pivotal moment was my whole grief process. So that was a big moment. I would say a good two-year big moment. The whole time, I fought for my faith above everything. I fought for my faith because that's all I knew to do. And fighting for my faith without knowing it at the time was what empowered me with a glimmer of hope and a desire to continue fighting and to continue living. I didn't fight to be happy or to have a purpose, though those things were being woven within me. I fought to hold on to the mustard seed of faith. In your grief, you'll feel the loss of who you are. And if you never really knew who you were, this is the time for you to find out. It's not something you can set out to do because you don't get it like that. You set out to build your faith and to strengthen your relationship with God. And in going after God, you will begin getting glimpses of what is to come. Those glimpses are a gift from God. They come right when you need them most. 
and they strengthen hope that a future, a happy future, could actually exist for you. One of my glimpses came when I was asked to speak at a fundraiser for the hospice house where Monica had stayed. Now, it was only five months after she died, and a no way came out of my mouth so quickly, but then it started to feel like I was supposed to do it. I spoke with tears and broken sentences, but I spoke from the heart. After, people came up to me with tears, and they said the same things they said to Monica after her singing engagements. Whew, it was a glimpse of where I was headed. I didn't realize the destination or the timeline, but I realized it was special. You, my friend, have a purpose. Without a doubt, you have a purpose. And if you're struggling right now to just get through the day, then know that where you are is still important. This struggle, it's a big piece of what the puzzle is going to look like because God uses circumstances, however hard, however unfair, to grow us, to strengthen us, and to bring us closer to Him. It's all part of the process and a part of building your new life. That third piece of the puzzle, fighting for my faith, is what allowed me to start seeing a picture of who I was. I was strong, a fighter, and I desired to follow God above all the other stuff. I went from having God as a part of my life to having God as my life. For a minute, I wanted to do something big, which I always had, but wait till you hear this one. To be a missionary in Iraq. Of course, my friends saw it for what it was <laughs> and it forbade me to go. But I was in the middle of figuring out my identity and I wanted my life to have meaning. So being a missionary, that would give me the label and give me the purpose. Thankfully, I didn't move forward because with more time, I realized that my mission field is where I am. And going big or far away is not required to make an enormous impact. After Monica died, Trish told me that within five years, I would have a ministry and a husband. I wanted that to be true really bad, but I didn't count on it. It's interesting, though, that now I have a ministry and a husband. And it was over a decade. I really wasn't ready for a ministry or a marriage before I got it. I wanted it earlier, but God's timing is what's best. I hope this helps you know that there is hope for you. There's hope for you to figure out your new you in this different world. Even if that idea feels impossible right now, it is very possible and I'm living proof. So as a quick recap, if you're questioning who you are, that is normal. Don't let it frustrate you. This is a building season. So have patience with yourself and with the process. We'll talk more in detail about your purpose after loss in upcoming episodes. Right now, I'm going to read you some of the lyrics to the song of the week as a prayer over you. It's called In Jesus' Name by Katie Nicole. I speak the name of Jesus over you. In your hurting and your sorrow, I will ask my God to move. I speak the name because it's all that I can do. In desperation, I'll seek heaven and pray this for you. I pray for your healing, that circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. 
I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. I speak the name of all authority, declaring blessings in every promise he is faithful to keep. I speak the name no grave could ever hold. He is greater. He is stronger. He's the God of the impossible. I pray for revival, for restoration of faith in Jesus' name. The verse of the day is 2 Peter 1.3. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him, who he has called by name, and invited to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As Oswald Chambers said, all of God's people are ordinary people who have been made extraordinary by the purpose he has given them. Alrighty, your journey works or the work for your journey are two things. Number one, like we talked about earlier, just journal what you do know about yourself, including values, standards. Are you okay to live out God's plan and not your own? Are there passions in your heart that have endured time? What now seems meaningless that once had meaning? And what would have meaning now? Just get these things down on paper or on the computer. Don't worry about sentence structure or grammar. Just want the thoughts on paper or screen. Number two, email me. The email link is below in the show notes. And let me know if you're working to rebuild your future, working to make it through the day, or are you somewhere in between? Okay, that's it for this time. So keep coming back to the house, keep sitting on the couch, and keep taking steps, however small, towards your healing. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.